Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, good fortune with your tickets. And if you win, don't forget red wine. Yeah. They won't forget a liquor store. They won't be thinking about you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm the one that probably gave them good luck by saying, I wish you good fortune. So I, I'll be expecting my cut. I'm just saying. All right. What would you do if you, oh, I'm sorry. I jumped across. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Papa Didi. You going to get us started? No, what was you going to say? I was going to say, I have a question for everybody. If you hit that Mega Million jackpot for $1.3 billion, or maybe $1.4 by now, what would you do? Then you take the cash and it's about $700 million. Okay. I'm saying, what would you do with your winnings? Think about it now. What, what you going to do with all that money? Papa Didi? I would... I would buy buildings. I'd buy big, pretty-ass buildings in, in, in key places, mm, okay. like Dallas, So real DC. estate investments. I wouldn't go to New York. Dallas, D.C. I'd probably spend some money in Detroit, being that's up and coming. Chicago, mm-hmm. for sure. You know what I mean? Big buildings. And then, because now everybody comes back to work. Leased out to these companies is making their people come back to work. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, okay. That's your plan. All right, Kettle, what would you do with your winning? Um, I would give to three of my major charities that I like, and then uh, I would be gone for a couple of weeks to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of it. A couple of weeks. <laughs> gone? <laughs> what do you mean? You going to travel? Uh yeah, uh, uh I want to go a couple of places, Aruba and Maldive Island. So I've been to Aruba, what? but I would like to go back in Maldive Island. Oh, so. 
and figure out what I'm going to do with the rest. How about you, Red One? Oh, man. I think what I would do, similar to what Papa Didi said, but not multiple, I would buy one really nice, spacious warehouse, and I would start Mm. my production company that I've always wanted to have. And I would be able to get all the equipment, all the software, you know, build it out, do all of the stuff that I need to do. And then that's what I would be doing. Whatever money left, I would invest in my projects, productions, and things like that that I'm working on. Like a a mini Tyler Perry then, huh? Why got to be mini? (laughs) <laughs> oh, like a big time of yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't Yeah, think, I'm not thinking many anything But I'm Ooh. saying that, you know And I, I would think, give some money to, you know, charity A charity that I support Or some organization mm. that I feel Would really benefit from it And they don't have a lot of overhead Because part yeah. of the problem with charities Is some of them have like a high percentage Of administrative <laughs> overhead So mm-hmm. You know, the majority of your donation sometimes goes to that. And, you know, you got to check all those before you give them money, if that matters to people. It matters to me. You know, I'm not trying to give money to an organization that 60% goes to overhead and only 40% goes to the cost. Yeah, I'm looking for something that has a lower overhead where the majority goes to, to help. So that's what I would do with it. That's more money than Tyler Berry has, really, to be honest with you. I'm sure he's worth a couple hundred million, but uh, you sitting on 600 million, come on. I'm sure he's got plenty of money, but I'm just saying that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. I would definitely start a a project where big money would always have to be rotated. That way I can Mm -hmm. always make an excuse for where my money is. You yeah. know, with, oh, I'm, I'm tired of tired of in these buildings, you know, blah blah blah, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's how they do it. That's how the game is played. Yep. All right. Well, did you have another topic? Or yeah, yeah, definitely, one? definitely. Okay, what you got? The topic I want to discuss tonight is like, what is going on with marijuana? Do we really think? Do you? Think or believe or agree that that marijuana is just getting too much press. It's just you know it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, and I'm I'm saying mine first here because first of all, you know, marijuana has been been around since the beginning of time. You know what I mean? But I think that this particular generation, not generation of people, but just this generation, it's 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 of an abundancy. You know what I mean? It's just like everywhere. And I don't understand what really I can, I, I, you know, I, I've smoked weed in my life, you know, smoked a lot of weed in my life during my youth, but uh, I never chased it like people do today, and I never smelled it on every street corner like I do today. Mm. So smell it in every aspect of somewhere I wouldn't even think to smell it, coming out of a hospital emergency room or something like that, you know what I mean? Well. And, and, and I'm not knocking or putting it down, but... I don't have no sympathy for it because I think it's overrated as hell. It's just weed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just weed. I don't give a shit. Same old goddamn weed that's been around since, you know, the 60s, 50s, 40s. 
as long as it's been growing, there's a plan. Anyway, that's my opinion on that. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go to Kettle next. So, what you pass think, the huh? I'm passing the buck. <laughs> pass the damn buck. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I guess it's like when alcohol came about. I guess everybody started talking about alcohol. So I guess that's the quote-unquote drug now that's being talked about a lot. Um, I don't see a big deal about it. You know, I guess after a while, you know, you had drunk driving, now you're going to have, uh, I don't know, weed driving, <laughs> you know. Um, mm. So how are they going to be able to deal with that? I, I think about those things. But, um, you know, people use weed for different things, you know, uh, to relax themselves or uh, like a painkiller. I mean, you know, that's just the drug of choice right now, you know. Um, All right, Craig, I understand, but you're talking about the casual aspect of it. I'm talking about the jokers I see every day that don't give a damn, the ones that are just smoking it everywhere. I'm sitting in a place where where weed wasn't even supposed to be part of it, and all of a sudden I'm smelling You would think they would have some kind of restraint behind that, I mean, because right now there's no really law saying, you know, you can't smoke, you know, X, Y, Z. It's not like smoking. Like your certain areas are designated for smoking, you you know, there's no law saying, okay, well, you can't smoke weed, you know, this place and that place. It has to catch up. I guess the laws have to catch up, so to speak. But, but I um, thought there were. Just, mm-hmm. well, uh-huh. I'm sorry. I thought there were laws in place, and, and you know, they vary from state to state. Well, but they're not I enforcing guess, nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. Nothing's being uh-huh. enforced. All right. Yeah. So. I think it's more personal discretion myself because right. a lot of young people, a lot of young people have not got the lesson. I mean, because families are so broken, and I'm gonna talk about that later. Families are so broken that these these young people are not even getting educated. They're teaching themselves, and they're learning from their friends. So look, that's look at that knowledge. You know, so it's almost like the the the, the students are giving a Students a diploma. Well, at the end I guess of the day, you know? I get my my viewpoint on it is that I don't appreciate having to be, I would say, accosted by the smell and the smoke of the weed if that's not what I'm into. When I go someplace, like a place of business, you know, if you're trying to go into a store and you get out your car. And as soon as you get out the car in the parking lot, it's the smell of weed is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, I mean, I know people do what they do in their car in the parking lot, walking down the street. You're never going to be able to curtail that. But I'm just saying that's what bothers me. You know, if I have if I have my my children or their children, and we're just trying to like walk into a fast food joint, and there's people sitting in a car with the windows down. Smoking their brains out. Mm-hmm. Why do Why do we all have to get a whiff? You know, I, I mm-hmm. wasn't trying to smoke. I wasn't trying to get high. But you know, that's what bothers me. It's like it's everywhere. The lack of discretion is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's the key. The lack of discretion. What I mean, I've been in line in a store, a grocery store, at like eight thirty in the morning. And somebody came up behind me in line, reeking of weed, 
to the point where it was making me feel ill. Had it for breakfast. And I just get out of line and go to another line. I can't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. You know, but when it's my, on my, your my, purse and that heavy, I'm like, man, it's too early well, in the like day. These forces, these laws are not being forced, and I'm just, I'm just looking it up right now. So it says, um, in 2014, district voters they approved legalization of possession of minimal amounts of marijuana for personal use. Okay, but a person can still be arrested for selling any amount of marijuana to other persons possessing more than two ounces of marijuana operating a vehicle or boat under the influence of marijuana, smoking, eating, or drinking marijuana, or holding or carrying a a, a lighted roll of paper or other lighted smoking equipment filled with marijuana. So on a street, sidewalk, alley, park, in a vehicle, or any place which the public is invited. So like I say again, they're just not enforcing those laws. This is the District of Columbia. But like you say, people still go out there and, you know, unless you're going to point the finger and tell the cop to arrest them. I mean, you know, it's just crazy. You yeah. need to enforce it. That's all. You know, I think half of this stuff that's going on, but we'll get into it later, the gun violence and all these other things, um, you know, they just hide all the time. They don't have nothing else to do. They need something else to do something else to put in their mind, and I think marijuana is one of the things that influence just a lot of the gun violence as well. How about uh, read a book? But anyway. <sighs> yeah. All right. Too much like that. Y'all ready for the, y'all ready for the rundown? Yeah. All right. Drink after all this. <laughs> I know that's right. Come on with the rundown, Kettle. What you got? All right. Uh, as I said, in focus tonight is the devastating toll of gun violence. Uh, also, man who shot 13-year-old uh, was a D.C. government employee. An Idaho killing suspect, uh, Brian Kohlberger, appears in court. Also, our cocktail of the week, Spike Sparkling Basil Lemonade, was popping with Papa Didi, of course. And we have to lighten it up with our weird news. Lizards from the forest in Puerto Rico have genetically morphed. Also, Geico might be in the clear. And Massachusetts woman accused of assaulting officers with bees. I'm just saying with red wine, they're coming for us next. Living for the city with Papa Didi, a Hollywood wrap-up tonight. The kiss list and the last word. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with In Focus. You are listening to the original pajama party with Papa Didi, Red Wine, and myself, Kettle. You can listen to us on Deezer, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So sit back and get your favorite cocktail and listen to your favorite pajama party crew wherever you get your podcast because we are everywhere. Welcome back to a John Party One. Your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh. All right. 
let's go into it. In focus, Kettle, you're up first. Yes. All Put right. All right. Yeah, we 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 gonna need a drink after this one. This is some this is some serious stuff here. Okay. Um, we're getting closer and closer. Um, Washington D.C. gun violence crisis is among the worst in the nation. Communities are in agony, suffering from the trauma tragedy of shooting at uh, a higher rate in two decades. D.C. has the highest rate of gun homicides in the U.S. compared to all states. And we're not even a state wow. here in the district. And ranks in top 10 among all cities. So in 2021, 226 lives were taken by violence and 904 individuals sustained injury shootings. But the toll of the gun violence is uneven throughout the city. And it is concentrated in the same neighborhoods. Um, that for decades have suffered from disinvestment, injustice, and economic inequality. Um, we cannot stand and, and, you know, watch this to continue. There can be no racial or economic justice until we eliminate gun violence. Um, it goes on to say 87% of homicides in 2020 were committed with a gun, taking 172 lives. That's a lot. In 2020, also saw 922 injury shootings, so that's a 64% increase from uh, 2017. Um, Gun violence acts like a disease spreading from person to person within a social circle and between adjacent social circles via retaliation and normalization of violence. We can break these cycles through prevention, intervention, and transformation. Now, I've seen one of them. I've seen, you know, uh, trying to be trying to inter, intervene, but I haven't seen uh, the cops or, or uh, anyone preventing or transforming anything. Mm. It's, it's, it's just getting out of hand. So um, what do you guys think about that? Because, like I said, it's getting closer and closer. I mean, I had an incident a couple of days ago right up the street from me. You know, it's just it's, it's getting crazy. Yeah, it's definitely out of control. I did see recently that there was a shooting. Uh, some people got shot trying to. I think they were getting off of a bus. A bus. Mm-hmm. Metro bus. Right up the street. Yeah. 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 There was a shooting, and then somebody had a knife, so it was a shooting, a stabbing, and all of this. Just people mm-hmm. trying to get. I think they were getting off the bus. I, I don't right. I don't understand like where I guess part of my question is where are all these guns coming from? Are people actually mm-hmm. buying these guns or is this all stuff that they're getting, you know, on the black market or illegal guns? I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. You know, with some some things are being so to speak justified that you have a gun is registered and everything. Um, you know, like the incident with a 13-year-old boy, unfortunately, he got shot and killed. They shot him twice because, now, first of all, this is a 13-year-old boy. What are you doing out at 4 o'clock in the morning, and why are you trying to break in somebody's car? Yeah. So, well, Papa D is going to cover that one in, right behind you. But, yeah, there yeah. is it's too many things. Like, what about the 6-year-old that shot the teacher? 
Yeah, How did a six-year-old get a hold of the gun that they later said belonged to his mother? Right, and and those guns are supposed to be locked up for one, and then two, the guns are supposed to be separate from the gun. And like you said, how is a six-year-old able to get it? And, and, and if she had it locked up, and if she didn't, she should be held accountable. You know. I agree with you on that one. So Does that child what are we that gun to school in his backpack. Mm-hmm. And and I did see something where it said this one of the school administrators was doing like random kind of backpack check. Mm-hmm. But I think you know they they obviously didn't do it very thoroughly, and now they're saying they're going to put metal detectors in the school. But at six years old, that is what first grade. Yeah. I mean, is that yeah. where we are as a nation now? We need metal detectors. Ooh. For the first year, for the kindergarten, first, second graders? This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, and, and this article says that the district, now where are they getting all this damn money? The gun balance costs the district $3 billion a year per year. That's crazy. Wow. I don't, want, I don't get it. What's your take on it, Papa? Be quiet over there. <laughs> it's it's Come amazing. On, break it down. I mean, every, everybody, you know, today's world, you know, and I'm going to talk about it later on, you know, today's world is just, uh, everybody's jumping into things so ill-prepared and so uninformed and so uneducated, but everybody wants to be so aggressive with so much, and it's just, and it's leading to you know the disarray that's happening today. It's a connecting pro. It's a connecting process. You know, it goes from the separations of family and the the whole the whole situation. The the, the separated country. Some stuff left over from from Donald Trump separating the nation. It's it's a lot to do about stuff. People some people just fix stuff in their mind and they just run with it. You know. Especially when Trump was in office, he had people running with. I mean, I didn't even recognize some of my coworkers after a while. You know what I mean? And it's just it's, it's ugly. Nobody's thinking anymore. Nobody's being rational about nothing. They're just getting right to the point. Yeah, especially in the cars. That's a whole other story. In the vehicles, when you drive nowadays, man, you should say a prayer every time you pull back up in the driveway or pull in the parking space. You say thank God, getting from a the supermarket back to your house, you almost got to count your blessings as soon as you arrive home. Mm-hmm. Only because, not even with the guns, but just people in general. Everybody is just so quick on the draw with everything, on the gas pedal, tenant windows, weed. Everybody just so, this is my world, get out of my way, you're going too fast. You know, I was on this, I was in Jersey the other day, and this one lady was pulling over to pick up their child from a daycare center, Three cars got behind this person. They were just laying on a horn, blowing at her. <laughs> All three of them was blowing a horn crazy at this person. And and that's what incites other things, you know. Sometimes stuff yeah. happens. When we hear about the gun, we don't hear about the fight or the, what happened or what led up to the gun. We just hear, mm-hmm. oh, somebody got shot. But it's, it's what leads up to it. Who was impatient? Who was crazy? And who carried a gun out that morning just to shoot some regular person just like you that was going out to make a living? 
You ain't shooting nobody that was breaking in your house, breaking in your car. Wasn't violating you at all. You just took the macho route and just fuck them. Yeah. You know. People packing weapons and they head out with the mindset of just in case somebody want to try me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be ready for And the slightest trial mm-hmm. will reveal the gun. And you're like, wow, I was only discussing something with you, you know. But and to your wow. point, Carol, I do agree that when you're dealing with minors that are out here mm-hmm. being gunslingers and gangsters, that their parent or their guardian should be held accountable. Because mm-hmm. I just feel like if you are parenting, whether this is your genetic offspring or not, if you are in the role of parent and your kids are out here trying to be, you know, uh, what was that gangster, Al Capone or somebody like that, or some thug mm-hmm. gangster from a rap thing, you need to be held accountable because you are housing this person. If you can't control this child and get them to act like they got some sense, you need to do something different. Either they need mm-hmm. to be in a reform school, they need to be locked down, take some privileges, you need to discipline them, you need to take some kind of action before they go out here and mm-hmm. kill somebody. Why? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cause, you it's know. not enough to just say, well, we're going to try them as an adult. Okay, mm-hmm. but what about the adult that was in charge? Yeah. Anyway. All right. We'll move on. So we'll move on to what you were talking about earlier, kind uh, of about this 13-year-old. This uh, happened mm-hmm. in D.C. A man was shot. A man who shot a 13-year-old child was a uh, he was a D.C. government employee. Mm. Now, wow. this tragedy struck the neighborhood of uh, something called Brooklyn, not Brooklyn, Brooklyn, L.A.N.D. in Washington D.C. Okay, this was last weekend. Okay, it was early early in the morning on uh, the 7th of January. 13-year-old Karan, Karan Blake, was discovered by police with multiple, multiple bullet wounds after being shot by a still unidentified neighborhood, a neighbor, okay? Blake later died in the hospital. Now, they're refusing to put this person's identity out there, okay? Now, there's a twist on the back end of it, which still doesn't make any sense, but anyway... But Mayor Amelia Bowser, you know, our our, uh, illustrious mayor, later, you know, she revealed that the man who uh, shot Blake was a D.C. government employee who has since been placed on what they call administrative leave. Okay. Okay? According to reports by NBC4, the shooter had recently retained an attorney. All right. Mourners of the the slain 13-year-old has continued uh, to call for the accountability of the whole situation. And they feel like stuff ain't being, you know, finalized as far as who's this person, what's the motive, you know, the yeah, legally shoot the person, happen. what's up. Anyway, so according to D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, the shooter, the shooter now, the gentleman that shot this person, heard noises, okay, and observed someone that appears to be tampering with vehicles. Now, check, put a check beside that, vehicles. Now, was that your vehicle? You know what I'm saying? Because you don't just shoot somebody because they're out there fucking with cars. You do it when they're fucking with your car, in my opinion. Anyway, so the male resident went outside armed with a registered firearm. Like, that makes it right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> All right, now, um, to further investigate the situation. Now, there was interaction between the juvenile male and the male resident. 
Now, during the interaction, the male resident discharged his firearm, striking the victim. Okay? Mm. Now. So they say an interaction. But we mm. don't really know. Like, I haven't heard that there's video. This, so. this has so many holes in it. Okay? Now, police have not arrested the resident who shot Blake, although law enforcement has informed the Associated Press that their investigation is still ongoing. Now, the man is only on administrative leave, hasn't been arrested. Now, I don't know what's keeping him under wraps, whether it was a legal gun or whatever. Something's keeping him from going to jail or keeping him from being locked up or having a bail hearing or what have you. Hmm. Now, roughly 300 residents showed up to a meeting, all right, uh, which was hosted next to the uh, Brooklyn Middle School, which Blake attended. According to Associated Press, at the meeting, D.C. Assistant Police Chief uh, Morgan Kate told residents that uh, she could not reveal the shooter's identity. Hmm. Okay? Could not or would not. Could not, but it wouldn't be hard to do. You know, we obviously lived in that area, lived on that block. How hard is it to find anything today or any damn body? Mm-hmm. Okay? If you want to find out who did this, it's probably very simple. Anyway, uh, now some locals have made it clear that they were prepared to take action if the D.C. police won't. All right? Now, sounds like we got some little personal vigilantes going on here. And finally, the police revealed, which I don't know why the hell they did this. D.C. police chief revealed that the shooter was African American. <laughs> okay, now. The person was supposed to remain unidentified, so you're going to put out his 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 ethnicity, his race, you know what I'm saying, which he said indicates, now this is how brain dead the fuck she is, which said, which, which she says indicated that crime was not racially motivated, being he's African American. Now, how do you come to that conclusion? I mean, you got a lot of black people out here racist against their own fucking kind. Especially a bougie joker out here, you know, as a stockbroker, making money, living large, a fucking millionaire. Let a black person go up on his property. He'll look at him like, what's that nigga doing out there around my shit? Mm-hmm. He'll say it just like a white person saying have brown ass skin. Because he, he's trying to protect his interests and all, and uh, he's looking at people he's putting down, he's saying vulgar and, and derogatory things about his very own race. So that statement right there, you know, that police chief, that that's a dumbass statement to say something like that. And if you're not going to identify the man, then why the hell did you say he was African-American? What the? So you think that when you put a race on the subject, now you cleared up some shit? You just mm-hmm. threw a whole bunch of other questions in, in the mix. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is this lady? Put her ass on the kitchen list. What, what is her name? Police chief. Yeah. Oh, that's a. It's a man. No, no, no. This is. Yes, a man. No, 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 no. No, this is the assistant police chief. Oh, that's who was oh, saying okay. that. Morgan Kane. Okay. Morgan mm-hmm. Kane. Okay, it's saying she. Okay. Anyway. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm just saying I'm not putting her down. I don't know her from a can of paint. But mm-hmm. if you're going to keep it conspicuous, keep it conspicuous. Why is it when everything has to do with blacks, they always can fucking poke holes in it? Now, this is a but white you know person. You would have said the damn thing. Well, well, let me just put my yeah. two cents in. It was some yeah, misinformation put out there that it was a white guy that shot him. And the white guy that they said who it was, it probably was a neighbor in the, in the same neighborhood, they went after him. 
harassing him. So I think that was another reason why they uh, had said that it was an African-American, not someone white. It was misinformation put out there. You know, how they do the well, social media thing and, you know. Yeah, so, but I, yeah that's but why I said right. earlier I that. identified them as well. Yeah, that's why I said earlier that you can identify this person if you want to because that neighborhood is not that big and they know the people in there. They know people in the neighborhood that are conscientious and the ones that more likely do have a gun. But my question, too, well, on this. I guess, I guess they don't want them to be vigilantes, just like you were saying that, you know, a lot of them, if the cops don't do anything, that they're going to, you know, do something on their own. So maybe that's another reason why they didn't want to do it as well. Well, you know what, too? Just like the situation with Trayvon Martin, when you don't arrest mm-hmm. somebody, you're giving them plenty of time to clean up their shit. Mm-hmm. They got plenty of time to, for yeah, stuff to, they, they can clean up everything they had to do with that day, that night, mm-hmm. what they did, why they did it. They can just clean up the whole situation. And, and the sad part about it, you know, getting back to what I said earlier, when I put a check mm-hmm. by that, and if I was the, the detectives investigating this, the first thing I would ask that gentleman is like, was this man tampering with your car? Or do you mm-hmm. even have a car, sir? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So are you the, the, the yeah. are you you know the, the the neighborhood watch? I mean, what is your you know? It sounds like mm-hmm. you know who's joking to kill. It sounds like some George Zimmerman shit to yeah. me. But see, this mm-hmm. also goes back to what I was saying about the parents' parental accountability. Now, mm-hmm. from what I understand, this incident happened at like three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, why is this thirteen-year-old out? Walking the street, regardless of whether he touched anybody's car. Why are you out walking the street? At that but that's what blows my mind. That's what blows my mind. They're not talking about the parents or the boy. First of all, why are you at 4 o'clock in the morning, a 13-year-old boy, and why are you still in the car? They keep, you know, everyone yes, keeps concentrating. Right. Everybody keeps concentrating on the man that killed him. Why? Yeah. Why, you know, why are you outside at 4 a.m., 13 years old? Something is wrong. Something is being troubled in that family or that, that child is sneaking out. There's something hmm. wrong there, some kind of disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Papa did. So, he said, disconnect. The family, yeah. the family yeah. is, uh, is, is all connected. It's, it's all connected. Believe me, don't think when the family is disconnected and people are broke mm-hmm. up and the family's got crap going on, these mm-hmm. kids are raising themselves. They're literally raising mm-hmm. themselves. Right. So. But then, too, I think that the, I'm going to say there's one last thing. We can move on. That the um, mayor should stop saying, um, you know, we're going to give transparency. I would rather her say, Let's get through the investigation, and we'll tell you more details. We're not telling you details now because there is an active um, investigation going on. Because once you start giving out information, people are going to be uh, uh, vigilantes and take matters in their own hands. So you have yes. to be careful. Yeah, you want the transparency, fine. But if you're not going to do it, you know, like give the information the next day, shut up about that. Just say this is an act investigation. We have to go through the proper channels to do X, Y, Z, and just do it. You know, you just have to wait. You have to be patient. So that's just my take on it. All right. Yeah, it's deep. That was an interesting subject. And uh, that's the way of the world today. It it's very interesting. So uh, 
okay, we're moving on. Yeah, with you. Yep, I know the red one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, this one has to do with, um, you know, that situation in Iowa where this this uh, guy, what's his name, uh, Brian Kohlberger, where he uh, killed those four students. Well, now, now he's gone to uh, court. He's appeared in court yesterday for a status conference, and the judge scheduled the preliminary probable cause hearing to start in June. I'm like, wow, really? Are the dockets that full? No, he, they can't even get to this till June 26th? That's like the end of June. This is January. I'm like, wow. He didn't go along with the speedy trial situation. That's why it's been put on, you know. Oh, so he's going the for the, the slow boat. Yeah. Okay. And he wants, because he wants the evidence to die. You know, anybody that's accused of something horrendous, they're trying to put a lot of space and time because witnesses forget and people move on and all kind of stuff happens when you stretch it. That that trial probably won't go on for two years. It'll be 2025, and here's the trial of Idaho. And like, well, well, the probable the cause hearing is not until June 26th. But Brian Koberger uh, is facing four counts of first-degree murder for the fatal stabbings of those four students. Um Brian is 28. He waived his right, as Papa Didi just said, to a speedy probable cause hearing within 14 days, and I guess that's the normal time for the speedy hearing. Um, The public defender that's representing him, public defender, okay, that's representing him requested that the judge allow for four or five days for the probable cause hearing this summer, and the judge said, okay, she's going to block out the week of June 26th. But the judge also ordered that he remain in custody with no bond. So they're going to keep him locked down. Uh, he's also uh, being held without bail in Lata County Jail in Idaho. That's where he's been since last week following his extradition from Pennsylvania where he got arrested late last month. So as the story goes, after a night out, the four undergrads were found dead November 13th in an off-campus home, according to police, which, of course, was, you know, freaking everybody out in this little town that's called Moscow, Idaho, which I had never heard of until this happened. The authorities arrested Koberger about seven weeks after the murders occurred, They took him into custody at his parents' home in Pennsylvania, where an attorney said he had traveled for the holidays. And they said that it took about two months for the authorities to even publicly name a suspect, which, of course, the police were facing all kinds of criticism, uh, the Idaho police, because people kept saying, what's going on? Did you find anybody? Did the evidence tell you anything? You know, you have a suspect. So it took them two months before they even publicly named that they had a suspect. And uh, that's when they started focusing on this guy, Koberger. So meanwhile, you know, the neighbors and stuff were giving the police information. You had one neighbor who told CBS News that this guy, Koberger, had asked him about the killings days after they occurred, saying, yeah, it seems like they don't have any leads. I'm thinking it was a crime of passion. But then this neighbor said, I don't want to be identified. I'm like, so, okay, we're going to let that ride. You don't want anybody to know who you, who you are. Cool. 
And then uh, some of the other evidence included one of the surviving roommates, because there were other people in this house that night. The four of them were killed, but there were surviving people, other roommates. And one of them said that they saw a man dressed in black inside the house the morning of the killings, and that they described him as about 5'10", tall, not very muscular, but kind of athletically built with really bushy eyebrows, which, of course, all matches Koberger's Mm -hmm. description. Um, So, you know, fast forward, there was a lot of stuff that happened when they tracked down the car that someone had spotted. It was a Hyundai Electra. So once they spotted the car, Elantra, Elantra, sorry, what did I say, Electra? I'm sorry, Elantra. Once they found and tracked down the car, by the time they found it, he had changed the the plates uh, on the car, like they say, about five days uh, ahead of, wait, let me get it straight. Koberger got a new license plate for his car five days after the killing, according to the affidavit. Um, when they when the police found tracked him down in Pennsylvania, they found the white Elantra at the home. Um, so I mean, they got all the evidence that they need. I just don't see how he's going to possibly twist out of this one. You know, they got phone records showing that his phone pinged near the house where the the students were killed uh, hours. After the killings, between 9.12 in the morning and 9.21, they found DNA on a knife that was there in the house, uh, his DNA. And then there were other neighbors that said that they saw him putting trash in other neighbors' trash cans. Mm. <laughs> they saw mm. him putting mm. trash in other neighbors' trash cans, and they observed that he cleaned his car thoroughly inside and out. Well, so, uh, explain to me, does the article say the connection that he had to the people? No. They they don't believe that he knew any of them. There doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be any actual connection from him to these students. You know, but, wow. you know, they, there's all kind of backstory evidence where they were saying that his internet searches, he was looking up all kind of different things that they found in his uh, search history, people he had Mm -hmm. been talking to, asking them various questions about murders and all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to go away for a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Okay. Well, he was stalking them, you know. I, I, I just, don't know. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, and they up just there living by himself and everything. And... Yeah, out there in Moscow, Idaho. But were they, you said they were students? Yeah, they were college students. Okay. Yeah, maybe he went to college or, you know, some people, you know, they've gone to college for a couple of years or whatever and didn't finish or... He must have met them on campus or something, some kind of correlation, something. It's I not making know. sense. It's not adding up. Does it ever? I mean, well, sometimes no, it does, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. But okay, right. that's, that's all I got on that one. 
That's a mess, I'm telling you. Between the gun violence, the stabbings, murders, the carjackings, arson, it's just too much going on. Too much. Wow. Ooh. All right, what are we doing? We going to the cocktail or are we going to take a break? Yeah, let's regroup. Let's take a little break. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break, and we're coming back. I know. We're coming back with the cocktail of the week on the other side on the Pajama Party Show. How you doing? I'm Papa Didi, one of the hosts of the Pajama Party. And I'm here to uh, introduce you to two of the segments I have on the Pajama Party. One is called What's Poppin' with Papa Didi, and the other one's called Living for the City. What's popping is maybe a topic that really popped at me that week about something really going on that's serious. And on Living for the City, I talk about stuff that has to do with the inner city, the suburban life, and life as we know it as far as the hood is concerned and everything thereof. Because as Moore said, the whole world is a ghetto. So we'll talk about all that. So join me, Papa Didi, every Friday for my two segments of What's Poppin' and Living for the City. Hi, welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm one of those Papa DJ. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Woo. It is time for a well-earned cocktail of the week. Brought to you yes. by Kettle and DC Homegrown. Take it away, Kettle. What you got for us this yeah. week? This is called the Spike Sparkling Basil Lemonade. Great for a brunch cocktail. So, uh, ingredients are going to include, wow, it's a lot of bay leaves, nine large bay leaves divided, four ounces of vodka, your favorite vodka, mine is kettle, of course, um, one quarter cup of granulated sugar, one cup of lemonade, and, of course, ice, seltzer, lemon slices for garnish. So, um, for the infused vodka, we're going to tear five bay leaves into a jar and soak them into the vodka. Uh, shake the mixture, seal, and refrigerate for at least six hours. Okay, for the basil sugar, combine the sugar and remaining basil leaves in a food processor or blender. Pulse until the green is chopped into small pieces. Okay, for the cocktail, we're going to uh, do a rim, uh, rim the glasses with the basil sugar, strain the infused vodka in the glasses, Add the lemonade and top off with seltzer and serve immediately. Delicious. This is called the Spike Sparkling Basil Lemonade. Great for a brunch cocktail. Wow. That sounds good. I would definitely be willing to try that one out. Wow. I like that. All right, Kevin. Uh, Thank you so much for the cocktail of the week. Brought to you by Kettle and DC Homegrown Entertainment. And we thank you so much for that. Like sparkling basil. Okay. Basil lemonade. I, I would try that. All right, Papa Didi. Going to kick it over to you. What's popping? Or should so I say much. what's not? <laughs> You know, just just a recap on some of the stuff we were talking about earlier on, uh, just to lead up to what I want to talk about, how we were saying that, uh, 
you know, with all with all the mess going on today and everybody doing what they do, you know, once the smoke clears and everything gets back to somewhat normal, people are going to realize that you still got to go out there and handle your business, you know? I think that's what's missing now today. I think that a certain group of people nowadays, I'm not even going to say age group or, or whatever, but it's just like some people just think that you ain't got to stay on your hustle, whatever it may be. It ain't got to be traditional at all, you know. You know, but you got to stay on something because nothing's changed. You know, you still got you, you still got uh, Social Security, Internal Revenue, you know. different. There's different entities out there that still exist mm-hmm. that you got to implement in at the while with, with things. And you have to be, especially Internal Revenue, you know, that, that's going to be there, you know. I don't care if you hustling, bustling, stealing and dealing. You know what I'm saying? You, you gotta, you gotta meet the mule when it comes to internal revenue. Yep. It don't even matter where you're making your money, and I ain't been in your business like that. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, by April 15th, you gotta send something to somebody, no matter what you're doing. You gotta send something to somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It's at the point today where I just think that when I look around at the world, whew, there's a huge portion of this world that just ain't paying attention. And when I talked about the weed, I was only saying that weed is becoming of an abundancy of irresponsibility. I don't care if you're getting it from the uh, the, the medical people or whatever you're doing, edibles, eatables, avidals, whatever. It's always going to be there. I mean, weed has been there since the beginning of time. And some people now are looking at it like it's just a new thing. When that stuff's been out since the beginning of time. But the sad part about today is that it's being mixed and blended and, you know, in, uh, you know, a lot of people attain it with so much other stuff, you know. They even got names for that. I talked to young people not long ago. Yeah, they got the sudden, 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 sudden. All these little new names, but it's just something that's being, you know. Put it in the weed, you know. Or if I ran across some opium, you know, opium is like black clay kind of thing. You know, you, every now and then you, oh, so you roll it up. No, it ain't. Oh, that stuff was delicious. Anyway. Yeah, and it had a it had a smell like that stuff that they use when they massage you. What's that stuff called? Sage, I think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had that kind of smell to it. But this was back in the seventies, so you know it had a level of legitimacy because everybody was still living their life. See, people back then, even though they were smoking, they still working. You know, they still handling their business, taking care of their vehicles, and and doing their thing, whatever they're doing. I mean, you had some shiftless people out there, but. But the world was not as shiftless as it is now. Mm-hmm. It is so. I, I go to train station, any train station, New York, New Jersey, anywhere, and the homeless level of people just standing around at the front door is just a mess. You know, you go through so many different changes today, just just surviving. Like I said, when you get home anymore, you almost gotta count your blessings when you get there because you've ventured through so much terrain. You know, from the platform of the train station. Through a group of people over here going to the parking lot through another group of people that are sitting around destitute looking at you 
and you got your bag, you got your pocketbook, you got your this, you got your that. You know what I mean? And you're walking through all these different adverse situations. And, and it's getting to the point now where it just seems like people have gotten lazy as hell. And they just doing what they want to do. They just like, you know. But like I said, getting back and, and finally I'm going to say the world has not changed. Internal revenue is still there. Longevity is still there. Paying the cost to be the boss is still there. Having your business is still there. Now, you can wait and delay to do that shit, or you can stay up on your game. Because everything is still there. True that. You know. Okay. Thank you so much. I understand. Go there. Go there. The revenue is still there. What do you want and to take? Don't forget uh, motor vehicle. Motor vehicle. MBA, you still got to get your stuff. Insurance, still there. Yep. Proof, of in, proof of insurance. Got to do it. Still there. So, you know, like they say, pay me now or pay me later. Pay me later, but you will pay me. You're right about it. All right, Papa Didi, thank you so much for that. All right, we're going to shift gears and go into the weirdo news. And I'm up first. Let me make sure I didn't jump ahead. Okay, I'm up first. I want to talk about lizards in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Uh, Lizards that once dwelled in forests but now slink around in urban areas have genetically morphed to survive life in the city, according to what researchers have found. The Puerto Rican crested anole, which is a brown lizard with a bright orange throat fan has sprouted special scales to better cling to smooth surfaces like walls and windows and they've grown larger limbs so they can sprint across open areas. Isn't that something? These lizards have have, you know, morphed into like growing extra extra whatever they call that. Their throat fan is different. They got different scales and now they can move faster on, you know, more urban areas because I guess they weren't surviving as well in the jungles and whatnot. So now they're hanging out in the city with everybody else. So uh, one scientist said, we're watching evolution as it unfolds. And her name is Kristen Winchell. She's a biology professor at NYU and one of the main authors of a study that was published Monday of this week in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. She says that the urbanization intensifies around the world and that it's important to understand how organisms adapt and how humans can design cities in ways that support all species. So according to this study, they said 96 of these lizards, compared uh, when they compared the genetic makeup of the ones still living in the forest, uh, as well as the northern city of uh, the western city of Mayaguez. Yeah, there's at least 96 of them right now. And they said that they found 33 genes within the lizard genome that were repeated, repeatedly associated with urbanization. Isn't that weird and interesting? Mm. So isn't that something, though, that the lizards have figured out how to adapt better than the way some humans adapt to changing situations. The lizards say, hey, if we're going to make it, 
we got to be able to cling to these smooth walls and uh, windows and all that kind of stuff so that we can, mm-hmm. you know, how they crawl all up. When I was in the islands, I saw lizards all over the place. You yeah. blink your eyes yeah. and they'd be up on the roof. Then you blink and they'd be under your chair. And today they get around. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's my mm-hmm. weirdness. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that something? All right, Papa Didi, what's your weird news? You're up next. Uh, this is uh, this is called Geico might be in the clear. This is, this is Geico's off the hook at least for now for paying uh, two point five million to a Missouri woman who alleged she contracted a sexual transmitted disease in the car insured by the company. I don't know, I didn't know you could do that kind of shit, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good one. So apparently she fucked in the car. So <laughs> let's, let's just keep it real here. Uh, the Missouri Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled uh, unanimously un- un- to overturn the lower court's ruling that favored paying the woman. Okay, instead, the state Supreme Court judge said uh, Merlin-based Geico should have had a chance to weigh in sooner and send the case back to the lower court. For further deliberation. Now, uh-huh. the case drew attention last year for its usual, unusual legal strategy with a woman claiming she caught this here uh, disease, whether it was uh, gonorrhea or syphilis or herpes, from uh, having sex in, a 2000, in 2017 with a male partner in his 2014 Hyundai Genesis, and the Hyundai Genesis was insured by Geico. She said, all right, so since you gave me this disease in your car, and your car has full coverage insurance on it, oh. I'm going to take a piece of that. Hello, somebody. So, <laughs> the woman identified as M.O. in the court documents. She claimed the man was aware that he had the disease but failed to tell her, oh. leaving her with past and future medical expenses and mental and physical pain and suffering. So, and she sues you. Well, she, he, she probably know he ain't got no money. So, yeah. In February 2021, M.O. Guy Geico that she was pursuing legal action against the man, claiming that the car insurance policy should cover her injuries and financial losses. According to the complaint, she asked Geico for $1 million. Okay? Okay. And then she said, let me know. Let so me know. They got approved with them, and then the higher court kicked it back. And yada, yada, yada. So I don't think she ever got paid. So She said, holla at your girl. Well, I think. Uh, okay. I have never heard a case like that. But ain't no shame in her game about talking about where she knocked boots at. Hey. Where her skank ass. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put her on the test list. You said M.O. That's the M-O. they use. M.O. Skank. Oh, oh they didn't give her a full name? No, indeed. No, they just said M.O. They call her, in quotation, <laughs> M.O. So I'm putting oh. M.O. Dot on the kiss it list as a skank. She want to be the street That's now, spread eagle in the back of her. Okay, now. Mm-mm. Oh, wide open. Um, I guess we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> well, what you got, Kevin? A woman accused of assaulting officers with swarm of angry bees. Never heard of no crazy shit like this. 
a Massachusetts woman stands accused of using a swarm of bees as a dangerous weapon. Uh, that's what the county sheriff said after she allegedly unleashed a hive of angry insects on deputies trying to serve her an eviction notice. The indictment unfolded when Rory Wood, 55, professional beekeeper, drove up to the home in Longmeadow while deputies were in the process of enforcing the eviction notice. Wow. The resident outside um, Springfield in the south central part of the state belonged to a man who had been litigating against his removal for years, garnering support of anti-eviction activists, including Woods, the department spokesperson said in an email. What in the world? Wow. Wait a minute. Anti-eviction activists? Yeah. I've never heard of such what a thing. What the hell? <laughs> it sounds like some white people stuff, but anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Massachusetts, yes, it was. You know it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> she had, uh, put her on a kissing list. Uh, Rory, R-O-R-I-E, Woods. Rory, okay. Rory, mm-hmm, Woods. Yep. Oh, well. Okay, I got her to be attacked. Uh, 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 attacking you know, the big one. How about you just pay, uh, your, pay your rent, Miss Rory, instead of sicking mm. bees on people? No, it's hammers. What are we coming to? I don't understand. I tell you, they're crazy. Yes, they, they are. Crazy. That's why it's the weird news. Ooh, yes, mm. it is. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back on the other side of the break with... Red wine, moi, and I'm just saying, okay. I'm going right. to talk about they, they're coming for us next. Oh, I'm boy. I'm just saying, they're coming okay. for us next. You better All watch right. yourself. Shake it fast. <laughs> watch yourself. There's some stuff going on, but all right, we're going to go ahead and go to the break. And let's see. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Do you have unruly children? Do they misbehave in school and get bad grades? Are timeouts completely ineffective? Are you scared to spank them because they might have you arrested? What they need is a new school where discipline is number one and education is secondary. What they need is... Whoopin' Ass Academy. Here at the Whoopin' Ass Academy. We don't have discipline problems. Know why? We're privately owned and we do what we want. And when kids get out of hand... We Whoopin' Ass Time out is for football games. When kids want to show off, we don't give them a timeout. We just whoop that ass. We don't make a kid stand in the corner. That's by house plan. When one of our kids gets out of order, we snatch him out of that classroom and whoop that ass. Here at WTA Academy, we make sure they learn the basics of reading and writing, math and science. But above all else, they learn discipline. This is what will keep your kids out of jail. Make the world a better place. Sometimes you gotta whoop that ass. And we do. Here at WTA Academy, our motto is, we care enough to whoop that ass. They may not read and write too well, but they'll act like they've got sense. Because we whoop that ass. So bring your kids on down to whoop that ass Academy. We'll get them straight. All right, welcome back to the John Party One Hills Papa DJ. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Oh, swear, darling. All right, uh, you ready, uh, Red Wine? Oh, I was born ready. What you talking about? 
Don't take it away with I'm just saying. What do you got going on tonight? All right. Tonight, I'm just saying they're coming for us. Now, this is really focused on a few things, but I'm going to start out with Sarah Huckabee. Uh-oh. Sarah good. Huckabee Sanders. Let me get her whole name. She is the uh, recently sworn in governor of Arkansas, following oh. in her father's footsteps, who used to be the governor of Arkansas. Mm. Isn't that something? How now his daughter has run and won the seat. But How do these white folks get these big-ass jobs? I don't get it. Hey, it's a family thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in her first uh, first few acts of governor of Arkansas, she has decided to declare the use of the word Latinx, you know, which we see it around. But Latinx, she's decided that Latinx has to be eliminated from all official government document use. The human language. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she can't move it from the language, but she can. She signed a um, executive order to not have it used uh, for government documents. Now, her executive order said she was doing this to respect the Latino community by eliminating culturally insensitive words from official use in government. But I'm saying this is all just part of a disguised anti-woke agenda Mm. that's been adopted by a number of conservative Republicans, of which Huckabee is included. She is. Now, she claims that this is all about respecting the Latino community, but when the affected community was polled, only about 3% of them said that they even used the term Latinx. I've actually seen Latinx used more in marketing terminology. When they start talking about segmentation of audiences, you know, African Americans, Native Americans, Latinx, that's what they're doing. They're just grouping all the Latino, Latinas together. And then you have the gender neutral folks who were like, okay, I'm cool with Latinx. Because it takes away the gender, uh, you know, determination. Because Latino applied to male Latin folks. Latina applied to female. But when you have people that are either trans or or gen- whatever, binary, non-binary, I think is the term, they were saying, oh, Latinx works for us because it doesn't go with either gender. So now Miss Huckabee has said Latinx has got to go. Yeah. Now the Latinos or Latinos and Latinas in Arkansas said that this is nothing but a distraction when they heard about her banning the term Latinx for government documents. Now let's go to Governor DeSantis, your boy down there in Florida, always stirring up and kicking up dirt. He remember when he created this whole campaign about uh, stop the woke and anti woke and all of that, and he did put an act in place and sign whatever in Florida. But my question to them is, all of these Republicans that are talking all this anti woke, what does that even mean? Because woke to y'all is not what woke means to the average black person in America. So y'all got a whole nother definition for this woke that you call it. And then you want to have this campaign about anti-woke. I think, first of all, 
there needs to be a consensus on what is woke. <laughs> because y'all are going with something totally different from what we call woke. But DeSantis, you know, came up with this whole campaign. And then you got the governor of Virginia. I can't think of his name right now. Yunkle. Yunkle, thank you. Yunkin. He jumped on that bandwagon as well. Anti-woke and anti-everything. Basically, anything that's anti-middle-of-the-road white America is what they're dealing with. So now you got Virginia's governor, Youngkin. He, in my opinion, he has an issue with anything that looks, acts, or smells like critical race theory. He campaigned the entire time that he was running for governor of Virginia about critical race theory. I'm going to get rid of it. Critical race theory. It's got to go. My question is why? The answer is because y'all are threatened by the troops. They know good and well that if people are taught the real truth, that people will change their behavior and white people will get off of their superiority high horse. But people like Yunkin and DeSantis and Huckabee, all of these people are running from the truth. They don't want to level the playing field. They want to keep the upper hand at all costs. And all I'm saying tonight is when they start changing laws and signing executive orders that are targeting a specific group of people, they'll be coming for us next. It's just a matter of time. I'm sure we're already on the list. They just haven't got to us yet. Because they got the migrants. They got the LBGTQ community. They got uh, the critical race theory they're dealing with. Then they're dealing with this Latin X thing. So it's like all these little segments, but it's a matter of time before they'll be coming for us. I'm just saying, y'all, y'all better stay awake, or as he calls it, stay woke, and keep an eye on them, because they're tricky. I don't trust them any further than I could throw all of them at the same time. Now, you remember when that whole trans bathroom issue all of a sudden turned into a nationwide issue? And then right behind that, Governor DeSantis came up with that don't say gay bill. So see how they start with one thing and then it morphs into something else and then it grows almost like water in a sponge. It just starts soaking up more and more stuff until the next thing you know, they'll be banning black history education. They'll be banning uh, Asian American history. They'll be banning all kind of stuff. But that's how they do it. They start with one thing and let it just grow into something else. I'm just saying it won't be long before they'll come for us. You got to watch them. Because once you deny one group or you target one group, it's a matter of time before they move on to the next and the next. And then they start feeling like, okay, we got some momentum now. We can do all the stuff we want to do. Look at how they handled the migrants. The migrants were just trying to get a better life and get jobs. And be able to not, you know, die because people are killing everybody in their country. And they turn that into something that was like equivalent to the invasion from Mars. Then when uh, Governor of Texas, Abbott, he want to start busing people to other cities without communicating. It just makes the situation worse. You're not helping, you're making it worse. But this is how they do. 
They want to put fear in people and get our minds to feel like, oh, okay, it's the migrants that's the problem. Oh, it's the LGBTQ people that's the problem. Oh, it's the critical race theory and the black folks that's the problem. No, the problem is folks don't want to be real. You don't want the truth. The truth is ain't nobody superior. Live your life and mind your business. Stop targeting people. All this superiority is a bunch of bull. But I'm just saying, you better keep your third eye on them because they might be coming for us next. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Drop the mic. Um, you, you took the word right out of my mouth. Uh, that's Papa D.D. saying. Watch your third eye. <laughs> yeah. You better watch them all with right, your third man. eye. Because I'm yeah. telling you, they're slick. They're slick and yeah. they're tricky. But you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They start on yeah. one thing that seems like it's a little thing, and if that's not sure. your thing, you kind of write it off and go, well, that doesn't really affect me. And then they mm-hmm. start on something else, and you go, ah, well, that doesn't really affect me. And before you know it, you're on the list. And then yeah. it's like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. How did mm-hmm. I get on the list? Hmm. They snuck up on you. That's what they do. Yeah, they yeah, will sneak up on you. And mm-hmm. I watch them, I'm telling you. They are tricky. They are trickier than Richard Nixon. Tricky, but anyway. Watch out. <laughs> All right. All right. Want to break, Papa Didi, or are you ready for living for the city? No, I'm ready. All right. Fire it up. Fire in the hole. <laughs> it's Papa Didi and living for the city. What's happening in the city, Papa Didi? Well, first of all, you got to consider the source. You know, Huckabee, come on. <laughs> Her father was a fucking dork from the word go. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was always talking religion and all this, you know. And, you know, then he turned into a uh, a poo bear. After a while, he just started growing a white beard looking just crazy. I don't know where the hell that came from. I don't know whether he dropped his fucking Gillette or Schick or whatever he was shaving with. He must have lost that shit because he just became a bear. Yeah. I mean, it was out of nowhere. I'm glad I didn't know that. You know, but that's usually the case with a lot of white men. You know, they once they let their hair on their face grow, they just turn into a, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at David Letterman and, uh, Different different people out there that grow these beards. It looks horrible. Anyway, that was just a prelude what I was saying, though. Uh, but um, what, what, what you were saying here on... Um, you got you got four... I, I, I'm looking at four states off the top. Kentucky, Indiana, Arkansas, and Missouri. Okay. These are hidden states. Nobody knows about, nobody gives a shit about. That's why they always got to say some clever stuff to to make them exist for a minute. You know, with Kentucky, you got that curly-haired boy. Now, with all the curls in his hair, he got some nigga shit somewhere in his family. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that car, what is his name? Rand Paul. Yeah. That's Rand it. Paul. Now, this man acts like he is just so white and so studious and so conservative, but his hair looks like he got Negro all up in his family. <laughs> so I wouldn't say no more than 50, 40, 50 years back, somebody was fucking somebody, okay? And whatever they did, the shit's grown on top of Rand Paul's head. <laughs> and there's shit he could do about it, okay? 
because he got some some kind of Negro in him. Because yeah, that damn that, that, that little S curl, S curl he got. You can't act conservative and you got an S curl. I don't get it. Anyway, so you got Indiana, and then you got Huckleby. Now this girl was a press conference girl. Now you always gotta look at the source. Now, you know what I mean? See, that's one thing that that we not not we, not us per se, but but our people, our generation, our younger generation, they don't look at the big picture. You know, because see, the picture is grand. You know, the picture is grand, and the picture reveals everything once you get enough pieces to it. It's like they caught the guy up there in uh, in Idaho, in that murderer. You know, he left his little strap that goes on his uh, knife, the, the little thing you stick the knife in, that little yeah, leather the, case. Uh, sheath. The sheath, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had had his shit, his his DNA all over it. Hell, he carries it every damn day. He's got all his sweat and all his shit and all his everything on it. And then they say they're looking for somebody that had a, a white, uh, what do you call that, the Elantra. And him and his father driving down the highway. His pop knew what the hell he did. And they get pulled over like typical white folks. Oh, oh, we stopped. We were speeding. Oh, what? What? Who? Murder? Somebody? Me? What? Who? What? What? You know, and they got all this evidence on you. I mean, it's just it's just a mess. Like tonight, you know, I saw at a train station, there was a guy literally taking license plates off of his car. Now I'm trying to figure out, now Benny was white, nobody took notice to it, but this man had a light on, and he literally was taking lights and plates off a car, and then walked over to another car. Now I don't know what he put him on that car, I wouldn't really pay that much attention to it, but then the car he took it off ended up having no license plates on it. And there was another Prius not far from it, parked a little ways down. Now what kind of game is this motherfucker playing in, in an Amtrak parking lot? And I'm saying to myself, well, damn, what are you doing? You know, that's what I wanted to say. I'm saying, my man. I mean, usually people put a plates on shit when they come out of a motor vehicle or when they get back home. But they can do that shit in the fucking train station parking lot. And they got another car, three cars down. You know, it just seems like the white skin can do what it wants to do. And nobody takes notice to it. But if we, as a people, do the same shit they do, everybody's watching. I mean, when I'm on the train, I get my bag from the overhead. I look down, I got 12 white eyes on me. Especially right above where somebody's sitting, thinking I'm going to pull down their bag. I don't know what the hell some white folks think that all we do is steal and we just always up to no good every minute of every goddamn day. Isn't that interesting? How do you look at it? Oh, what's he doing? Uh huh. I was standing in the aisle of a train one day waiting for some people to come down the aisle so I can go up the aisle. And while I'm standing there with these people, I'm standing in the front part where it's an open area. And while I'm waiting, I got my bag in my one hand and my other bag in another hand, and I'm waiting to move. And while I'm, I might as well have been on stage singing a damn Stevie Wonder song. That's how much these motherfuckers are paying attention to me. They're acting like I was on stage. <laughs> and as soon as the people walk down past the house I can get through, then I proceed to go through. But, man, for that little 30 seconds I was standing at the front of that car waiting to get through that aisle, I saw eyes all on me, like, saying, uh, what's this black guy doing? 
What is he standing up there for? How come he's pausing? And he's going in the overhead. My bag's up there. And I'm seeing, I'm looking at their faces and seeing all this imagery of how they think. I'm like, damn, who raised you motherfuckers? When all y'all could think, and I tell you, with every race in the world, I mean, as as the get, crowds get younger and people get younger, hopefully they're not being drenched with, you know, the anti-black uh, speech, you know. But every other one, Mex- you name it, Mexican, Asian, everybody gets a speech about black people. Oh, stay away from them. Oh, you can make money off them. Open up a Chinese store, they'll buy your fucking, you know, your shrimp fried rice and your shrimp egg food goddamn young. But don't trust they ass enough for a new throne. I mean, it's become an atrocity because we, we're just always, we're in the backfield. And then we, we go against each other. As many people in the world that are looking down on us and keeping us from shit, now we got nerd to beat up on each other. And that that's, a, that's oh my God, that is some real psychotic shit right there. Where we're just like so, we've been so consumed by people that look at us in a negative way that we're looking at ourselves the same way. We're judging one another. Like I said earlier, there's there's black racism where black people will will shortchange your ass or don't wait on you like they're supposed to or don't come to you like they need to. You know, you see the little, you know, different people in these stores. You go in a mall or something, and the girl behind the counter, you know, she's a little bougie little black girl, so she's catering to the white people in line. Some of them say, oh, can I help you? Oh, I was here first. Oh, oh, okay, you didn't even notice that. But, you know, it's the white woman standing next to me, and you called her up and said, can you help her? So where did you come to your conclusion that she was the next motherfucker to be called? You know, so, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's very, very, very interesting. So, in closing, I want to say one more thing here. Since we got a couple minutes to play with. Uh, um... What you want to say? I just want to put the prelude when I was talking about earlier about uh, the separation of family when it comes to how people are acting. Like we spoke on that gym, that, that little boy that got shot. And when I say little boy, he was 13, right? Mm-hmm. That's a little fucking boy. And, you know, like, where's the family? Who's the family? And what's the separation? You know what I mean? Because some people are so separated, you know, the baby mama drama comes along and all of a sudden, one person steps out with a person, has a baby, and the baby don't even know a whole other side of the family. You know what I mean? And and they're, the one the side he does know, they're disconnected. And, and so what what is this child going to learn at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? By the time he's 13, like this kid here, he's walking the streets at 3 o'clock in the morning because there's no control. The house ain't got no rules. There's no rules on the house, you know? So anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. I mean, look at the big picture anymore when you see wild shit happening. It's a big picture connected to that shit. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Right, there's definitely oh, other pieces What is the big if picture? If you can figure it out and put it together, we might actually be able to mm-hmm. fix some of this stuff. The kid that shot the teacher? Yeah. That, that picture is big as hell. Big as hell. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be interesting to see the holes that they're going to poke in it, you know, what's going on, like you said, with the family and, you know, are the parents together or, you know, what, yeah, exactly. what is going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a lot. Just a lot. Something is missing, yeah. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. All right, yeah. well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with Kettle and the Hollywood wrap-up. She's going to give us all the celebrity lowdown on what's going on this week, and that will be on the other side of the break. This is Kettle, and this is Red Vine. If you like news, but you like the weirdest kind, you're in the right place. Join us every Friday night for the Pajama Party Weird News. We find stories each week about some of the strangest and oddest news stories around. If there's ghost driving, stupid criminals getting caught, or just bizarre medical stories, we report it right here on the Pajama Party Weird News. It's funny and informative, and we look forward to it every week. And you will, too. If you like weird news like we do, join us every Friday night on the Pajama Party Show. It's a weird world out there, and we'll tell you all about it. Right here on the Weird News, where we celebrate the weirdness. Welcome back to the John Party One, who's Papa Didi. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right. We're down to the juicy Hollywood wrap-up with Kettle. And Papa Didi's going to give her her intro so she can tell us what's happening in Hollywood. Oh my! You got to do with the uh, No, 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 no! <laughs> I don't. I was, I was warming up my trumpet. Oh, okay. Oh, Come on, Papa Diddy. Mm-hmm. Hollywood, pa 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 Hollywood. All right. All right. All right. You as you all on? know, the Golden Globes—they are over. But mm. uh, the gentleman Gerard Carmichael—he was the host. Remember the Carmichael? Um, the comedian yeah. that um, had the Carmichael show. Well, he's back. I love that show. I did too. I don't understand why it's gone. But the Whitney Houston estate was reportedly angry over Golden Globe Awards host Gerard Carmichael joke about the late singer's death. A rep from uh, Pat Houston, which is his sister-in-law, um, longtime manager, oh. uh, told the the Whitney the Whitney Houston estate is disappointed. And the joke and felt like it was in poor taste. Um, it was during his opening monologue, the comedian referenced uh, Houston's tragic 2012 death at the Beverly Hills Hilton, which was the location for the 80th film and American Television Awards on that Tuesday. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Not good, bad taste, but uh, um, it doesn't seem like no legal actions. They're doing legal actions, but I guess you just wanted to point that out. But um, Yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah, I think he was a host. Yeah, I think he was a host. He wasn't, he wasn't, he was a bit dry for me, but I mean, you know, he, he, I don't know. 
that's just what he does. I guess dry humor. I don't know. But I did like him in the yeah, he was all right. show that he had. Yeah. But um, I will say, if Pat Houston was pissed, I'm like, girl, sit down. <laughs> the way you've been milking uh, uh, Whitney, go sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, Black Golden Globe winners bring Black Girl Magic and more to the war show. Quentin, uh, Quinta Brunson, Angela Bassett, Sadea, and uh, Tyler James Williams. That's the guy Yay. who used to play on uh, Everybody Hates Chris. They snagged the board, and the um, Abbott Elementary won the best television series. Um, yeah. Actor in Golden Gold presenter Nisi Nash called out the Black Magic Girl Magic during the award ceremony. Four black performers, Quentin Brunson, Angela Bassett, and Zadiah, and Tyler James, they snagged the award. Um, like Excellent. I said, Abbott Elementary, they were the... Um, Top TV series, which was pretty good. I mean, hey, from girlfriend to come out of seem like nowhere, but she's probably been in, in television and writing before. But uh, this this uh, Abbott Elementary has really taken off. Everybody is, um, you know, getting attached to it. And my um, girl Angela Bassett won for Wakanda Forever, Black Panther. Have you guys seen the uh, part two yet? I saw it. Oh yeah, I don't she, know. She Papa, played her Papa hard Dini, in that. Did you see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? Yeah, I saw it on the ten dollar bootleg. Oh, he said he saw it. And I really liked her, uh, Angela Bassett's speech. She said she was in the Golden Globes in nineteen ninety four, and she won the Golden Globes for Tina Turner. Uh, what love got to do with it? So um, that was just really surreal and iconic. I was like, go oh, ahead, yeah, girl, do your thing. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Letitia Wright, she gives update on Black Panther 3, thinks it's almost in the works. Okay. Letitia really? Wright, she was one of the presenters there at the Golden Globes. It's updating fans of the Black Panther franchise and that the third chapter of the movie series is possibly already being talked about. Um, she spoke okay. with um, Variety talking about that um, in the, the, the pre-Golden Globe um, Awards. He says, I think it's already in the works. So um, we shall see. Um, yeah, I mean, they I'm left it open for, for part three. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah, they did. Part. Without spoiling yeah. it, I would say they definitely did. And for I am sure. here for it. I know that's right. Um, Tyler Perry, he's back in the news. Kerry Washington and Oprah Winfrey are going to star in a Tyler Perry Netflix film. Um, Carrie Washington and Oprah have been tapped to star on Tyler Perry's. It's called Six Triple Eight, his fourth next Netflix film. Um, it's based on an article from the uh, World War II History Magazine uh, by Kevin Heimel that follows the true story of the only uh, all-black female World War II baton that was proven to be vital to the uh, American war effort. Interesting. So ah. um, Perry, he will um, produce the film, and Washington will be executive producer on the film. So okay, that should now. be interesting. It's called Six Triple Eight. That's the name of the film. So on Netflix. So if you guys ain't got Netflix, you better get it. Okay. okay. So Oprah's not producing. She's just gonna be acting. She's just gonna be acting. Yeah. So, okay. Yep. Uh, Meek Mills, 
Oh, I thought is she gonna say I love me some Harper? I, <laughs> oh, but I killed it. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't talk about my girl next. Talk about right. my girl next. Um, I killed Meek it. Mills, Meek Mills, Kevin Hart, and others donate seven million dollars for Philly schools. The donation will be ah. put towards sixty different schools in the area, um, along with the business philanthropist Michael Rubin have partnered on a multi-million dollar donation for educational facilities in the Philadelphia area. Um, the trio are providing a collective donation of $7 million, which will be put towards 60 different private and parochial schools in the need in the region. The funds will uh, specifically target lower-income students via scholarships, as well as provide laptops and other tech-related needs. Wow, that's pretty cool. All right, now. That's cool. Okay. All right, go, Philly. I think they should fix the um, air conditioner and the heater. Also, uh, y'all boy Yeezy is back in the news. Kanye Uh-oh. West marries Yeezy designer Bianca Sensori. Huh. The pair held a ceremony in Beverly Hills. However, they have yet to file a marriage certificate to make things official. Okay. After spending much of his divorce fighting to win back his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, um, he has very publicly dating um, other high-profile women like Julia Fox and Aaron Shank and uh, some other ones, but I guess he um, got tied down with Bianca uh, history. So uh, that's going to be something we have to look forward to. Check that out later. I mean, <laughs> interesting. I guess he figured, I, my thing is, is he divorced yet? I mean, has the papers been finished? You know, has the divorce been finished? I don't know. I'll continue to follow this I story. I don't know. Yeah, I will continue to follow it. But, yeah, over the weekend he got married. Um, And last but not least, some notable birthdays this month. Um, fine Morris Chestnut, Cuba Gooding Jr., haven't heard his name in a while. Um, yeah. John Singleton, his birthday. Um, also, uh, let me see. Of course, my girl Mary J. and Oprah, they're all in the same month. <laughs> uh, Mary J. Biden just had a, a, a nice birthday. Uh, Regina King, Debbie Allen, and Michelle Obama. So. A notable birthdays oh, okay. for this month. Yes. Yeah, so. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to them. So uh, that's my Hollywood wrap up. Mm-hmm. All right. All kind of details. Wow. All right. Let's see. Did you you mm-hmm. had one more, Papa Didi? What's that? You were talking about Lori Harvey. Oh, I read something on her today. She's dating this new guy, some African, bro- I mean, a uh, British actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You looking for some money? <laughs> no, but I'm, you know, she, she's putting, starting to put her reputation out there. I mean, because, uh-huh. and he's a good actor. He's an excellent actor, but she's starting to put herself out there. You know, she's becoming, she's becoming Holly Berry Jr. Mm. So, What's the actor's okay. name? What's the guy's name that she's dating? His name is, you know? uh, yeah, it's, uh, man. Uh, uh, we'll have to research it. Give me but, one. Okay. Why you check? Okay. I just want to say this. 
Lori is starting to become or act like a skink, in my opinion. Because it seems that she's just going from man to man. His name is Damson, D-A-M. Damson Idris. Is that Idris Alba? I don't know if he's related. Well, I don't know. I don't know the relation. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, it seems like she just keeps looking for high-profile men that are successful, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, all right, it was fun for a minute, and now I'm Mm -hmm. out. And I'm Mm -hmm. trying to understand, like, okay, do you not understand that that is skank behavior? Follow the bouncing ball. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And my second Mm -hmm. question is, and who are you? Oh, you're the (laughs) stepdaughter of Steve Harvey. But took his last right. name. Right. I said the yeah. stepdaughter of Steve Harvey. Yeah. And what exactly yeah. is it that you do? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. What does she do? I, I remember reading question. that she was going to put a fashion line out or something or makeup or something. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't I seen that. it happen. But yeah. She ran out where, of, where is the proof? She ran out of thread. Yeah. She ran out of patience or, or stick to she just goes like a bee, going from one flower to the next. Yeah, that's how Holly Berry uh, was. Uh, uh, excuse me, Miss Lori Harvey. She does have a job. Lori Harvey is an American model, entrepreneur, and socialite. <laughs> model for oh, who? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Social. Model for who? <laughs> hold on, hold on. And you don't get paid to be social. Socialite is she, not employment. Oh, please. I know, you but can't she, she was signed to L.A. Model yeah. Management Agency in the United States, as well as a select model management in Europe. Okay. So she's okay. doing something. Show, she show, something me, show me when you find the ads or the commercials that she did, you show them to me. Because you uh, can get uh, signed. Uh, but then the question is, are you working? You put social light on your 1040 form for eternal revenue. Oh, please. See what they say. Uh, Girl, go uh, sit your uh, skank behind what it. What do you do? Anyway, what, what do you do? Oh, that, that takes us right to the kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me finish this up. Kettle, did I say thank you for the Hollywood wrap-up? Did we <laughs> yes, do that? Did. did you get your uh, applause? Okay, we're going to do that. Boy. All right. Uh, wrap that up. Now we can move on. To the kiss it list, because I'm putting Lori Harvey on it. But Papa Didi, skank mank, skank mank. <laughs> Papa Didi, can you explain what is the world famous kiss, kiss list? Kiss list is the people that uh, showed their butt, and um, we got the first one is very interesting because we should let off the program with this. I didn't even know this. Which one? We got ABC Network for firing Amy Robar and T.J. Holmes. Oh, man, they finally now, did Now, why the hell did you fire them? Why? Oh, they're going to come back. They're going to come back with a vengeance. They're going to either get a new show or they're going to go sue ABC. That's what the hell they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But, no, but it's, despite what they're going to do, why? You got the lady, uh, Dana Bash. Mm-hmm. Pull up Dana Bash when you get an opportunity and look and see how mm-hmm. many men that she was married to at CNN. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? She had Me too, two it? husbands at CNN. And they all still there. They all work mm-hmm. in the same political department. Okay? So mm-hmm. come on now. Uh, ABC trying to act all conservative. Like, yeah, oh, give me a God, break. we can't allow this. They don't know. ABC, deep down inside, when it comes to all that staff on, they don't know who's fucking who. So give me a break. Anyway. Okay, uh, Kim, what's the name? Blue Taylor? Married to uh, 
Iowa Republican uh, Jeremy Taylor for voting 29 fraudulent times in 2020 for him. What? Yeah, that just came to the surface. This woman, she was married to this Republican in, where was that, Iowa? Yeah. Where was he? He was running for the office. She went and grabbed, uh, got with some of the people in her community, because she's Vietnamese. She went and got with some of the Vietnamese people in the community that had absentee ballots that weren't planning to vote, I guess, and filled them out and fraudulently voted, like, what was it, 20-some-odd times for her husband? She signed election cards. She did all kinds of stuff trying to get her husband elected, and now it's all come out, and she's getting busted. I'm like, anyway, girl, you stupid. Lori Harvey, we're going to nickname her Holly Berry Jr. For being, a, for being a fake skank celebrity. Oh, she, she still claims she's a single woman. I don't know. Whatever. She don't know what she wanted to do. Yeah, she's single because she's not married. Move on. Don't nobody want to wife that? Well, she got. she's going to be on the S's uh, cover. So, oh, well. Yeah, I saw that. I'm disgusted with that, but anyway. Okay, the Georgia (laughs) School District for uh, banning Black Lives Matter attire for allowing Confederate flag symbols. Wow. Yeah, isn't that something? Then you got your boy George Santos, the New, the, New, the New York Republican representative, for refusing to resign after all the scams and lies and everything. He's a mess. And you got Margie Taylor Green. She was using uh, Dr. Dre's music. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she was using one of Dr. Dre's songs for one of her online promotional videos or something. And Dr. Yeah. Dre's people found out and told her. If you don't stop using my song, we will see you in the Now, court. how are you going to be talking about, you know, the work world and all that, and then you're going to walk in the elevator like you some cool rapper with doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom, with Dr. Dre playing. With Dr. Dre playing. Like, so what So what are you? Are you black undercover or what? You know what I mean? That's I what I call some, woke and don't want to admit it. <laughs> I could see if it was some Emerson Lake and Palmer or Cleden's Career Revival or one of these rock yeah. and roll groups. But no, they don't Dr. want that. Dr. Dre, really? When they want people to think they're quote unquote down, hip and they down. go to hip hop. Yeah, they do. And they usually pick some mm. kind of rap. Mm, it's your birthday. Uh-huh. It's your birthday, yeah. Go, Shaw. <laughs> go, Shorty. Uh-huh. Yeah, they will pick that stuff in a minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre said, cease and assist on my music. I don't want to sue yep. your ass. He said, I will sue you. And she said, all right, all right, I'll back down. You better back down. Crazy heifer. She know them Crips and the Bloods to take out them goddamn Proud Boys. Okay. Um, also, I got, oh, did you have any more? No, I'm done. I've got that person, M.O., who's suing Ganko, Geico over um, getting a, a, whatever that STD was in the car. And we got Morgan Kane, the assistant police chief in D.C., for divulging too much information on a case but not divulging everything. You want to give people crumbs, but you don't want to just come right out and say. Oh, he's black, by the way. shot him, but I, she just he's wanted black, to say, well, so he's a black he's man. Not pre- it no, wasn't racial. It's not racial because black don't. If, if that, also, we got Rory Woods, the woman who sicked her bees on the cops when they tried to serve her for eviction. And... My last one is 
rude weed smokers. Oh. And you know who you are. I'm going to just call mm-hmm. them rude weed smokers. Everywhere. I ain't mad at you for smoking it. I'm mad at you for being rude about Everywhere. it. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Come out in 7-Eleven. If we say Come Trump. Come out the Royal Farms. Trump is on the list. Everywhere I go. Kevin McCarthy, the new Speaker of the House, you're on the list. You virtually did everything short of, if not including, selling your soul to get that job. You're on the kiss it list. Anybody else going once? Going twice. All right, we got a special gift for everybody on this week's kiss it list. Here it is. Kiss my entire ass. My ass. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. My host, Papa D. Demi with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. We're down to the last word. Papa Didi, over to you. What's your last word? My last word is, please, a couple of things. Back down on the weed. Back down on the tenant windows. Back down with thinking your car is your personality. And because you've got all these little lights in the front. And it's got the little streamers and your windows are tinted. People roll up on you like they're fucking Batman or somebody. It's crazy out there. You ever see a car behind you? It looks like it's some kind of character. And you just move. <laughs> you move out the way saying, look at this motherfucker. I'm getting out of his way. It's got the crazy lights, the tinted windows, all that scary shit. I just get out the way. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Okay. My last, my my final word is please just take it down. You know what I mean? Take it down. It's just you know what I mean. It's just a car, man. You know, it's car insurance, it's registration, it's commissions. I mean, it's just a it's car. Transportation. It's just transportation. All I'm right. Really that serious. Well, my last word is: parents need to parent, guardians need to guardian. If your kids are out beyond whatever curfew, whether the city set it, how about you set a curfew? You know, that commercial used to say, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Yeah, tell Do me people that. know where their children are? Oh, no. Or are they just doing their own thing? They or they say, else. I'm doing me. And you tell the kids, look, just get on out of here. And then that's what they do. Get on out of there. If you want your kids to stay alive or not possibly take another life, you better rein them in. That's all I'm saying tonight. That's my last word. Kettle, what's your last word? Ooh, no. I want to chime in on that. Um, I think D.C. needs to become an example um, how to curb this gun violence. 
It's so much going on, but we need to be an example to the other cities since we're number one uh, as far as homicides and things like that. But I did, I did want to point out this organization called Peace for DC. Now, this launched in 2021. DC is, is a community-based organization, and they have philanthropists, experts, and policymakers that are all collectively working together to try to uh, curb gun violence. I'm sorry, but last couple of weeks, I haven't heard nothing from n- nobody from this Peace for D.C. organization at all. Okay. And if you go on their website, at the very beginning, it says, we can together reduce homicides in D.C. by 60% in five years. Uh, okay. Well, what are they doing? Guys had, I haven't seen anything. I really haven't. Okay. So, but check it out. Peace for D.C., that website is, is very interesting. It kind of gave me some of this information for this article tonight, but uh, uh, very interesting. So let's see what's going to happen. So that's my last word. Okay. All right. Well, we'll check that out. I I hope that their efforts actually uh, materialize something positive. But on that mm-hmm. note, we're going to get on out of here because it's Friday night. Need I say more? Papa D, mm-hmm. you want to say good night? Yeah. Good night, everybody. Be safe. You know, and uh, wow. Welcome to the new year. It is. It's Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. too. Hope you win that money tonight. Okay. Kevin, you mm-hmm. want to say good night? Uh, good night. So if you guys don't see me next week, I'm in Aruba and then going to Maldives Island. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this is Red Wine signing off. Bonsoir. And uh, we'll do it again next Friday night, assuming none of us hit that mega million. We'll be here live. Peace, we're out. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Oh,